When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This band is from Australia. <laughs> yeah, this is Midnight Oil, right? With the big Peter Garrett. Yeah, but this is not Beds of Burning. What's the name of this song? It's Forgotten Years. Okay. Anytime Miranda Devine, the best columnist in the country, Michael Goodwin lines up a distant second. Sorry, Mikey. Anytime Devine comes on, we play a band from Australia because she's Australian, so... You've already played Olivia Newton-John, Air Supply, Midnight Oil, The Church. Is that about it so far? Anybody else? Uh, so far, The Church, Crowded House, maybe? Oh, maybe Crowded House. That's right. Anyway, here she is. Her You're new right. column is out today, and I love it. Make Lee Master of the House. What a run, by the way. Judge Napolitano, George Santos, Curtis Sliwa, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Bill O'Reilly, and now Miranda Devine. That's a pretty good run, don't you think, Miranda? Yeah, pretty good. You always have a fantastic run, though. I love your show. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, thank and you. thank you for your music, for your Aussie music. And, um, <laughs> yep. I just have to say, though, Crowded House is a New Zealand band. They would be very cross with us for for uh, commandeering them. It's like uh, Russell Crowe is also a New Zealander, but he gets claimed as an Australian. Wow. I actually heard that Russell Crowe was an American who eventually moved to... Australia because, was it, or maybe it wasn't Russell Crowe, it was one of those famous actors. Mel Gibson. Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson, right, exactly, because yeah. his father didn't want his kids to fight in a war, basically. Really? I didn't yes. realize that. Yeah. That's what I heard, I don't know. dad was, was American, yeah. Okay, there you have it. So, Miranda, the, uh, the column today is about Lee Zeldin. There's uh, one part here which I really got a kick of. It says, McCarthy, McConnell, McDaniel... McFailure, which is brilliant. Now, I did hear rumors a couple of days ago that he would replace maybe Ronna McDaniel uh, running, of course, the RNC. Now, you're talking about master of the house. Every day, uh, Mitch McConnell comes under fire as the real enemy of the Republican Party, not Donald Trump. Do you really believe that Lee has a chance to be master of the house or would you just like to see that? No, I, it's really not even my idea. Um, I thought I thought he'd be fantastic as a replacement for Ronna McDaniel as chair of the RNC. But when I started doing a little bit of digging around, I found that there are uh, several members who are pushing him forward to replace McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Um, now, I don't know whether that that would be successful. I talked to Lee Zeldin. He was very coy about that particular um suggestion but he does say he's been getting calls all week from people urging him to keep going to put himself forward for a lot of different um jobs you know the rnc chair 
um, ahead of Suffolk County, um, run against Hochul again, run against Kirsten Gillibrand uh, in, in 2024. Um, there are about a half a dozen options, but I'm told uh, reliably by a number of people that he's also being urged to put his hat in the ring for the Speaker's chair because Kevin McCarthy, with the numbers being so close, you know, it looks like it could be just 219, 220 seats. It gives the Republicans control of the House. But it also means that it only needs two or three people to say they're not going to vote for McCarthy for him to be a dead duck. And, um, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't want that to happen and he's working as hard as he can and, and you know, as strongly and toughly as he can to get everybody in line. But there are at least two members who have said that under no circumstances will they vote for Kevin McCarthy. So who does that leave? And Lee Zeldin is well-liked. Everybody likes him. Um, You know, four-term congressman. He's only just cleaned out his desk this week. (laughs) And, um, And, you know, he's shown his talent. And to be honest... There's no way the Republicans would have control of the House if it hadn't been for Lee Zeldin's performance in New York because down ballot, he helped the red wave, which gave us four extra seats uh, in New York. So uh, now there will be 11 Republicans going to Washington in January. That's just an amazing performance from New York. And bravo, New York basically yeah. saved the Republican Party, saved yeah. America. Yeah, I actually had George Santos on earlier. He's one of the four that flipped those congressional seats. And you're right, that was all about Lee Zeldin. I mean, we talk about moral victories, Miranda Devine, and whether they exist. You know, if you lose in sports by one point or 100 points, you still lose uh, if there yes. was ever an example of a moral victory in a loss, that's Lee because he has now become the darling of the party. He made a once impossible race so close that even in defeat, New Yorkers lost, but Lee Zeldin may have won. Yes, exactly. And look, uh, look, even um, in the state legislature, at least the the Democrat supermajority has been smashed. So let's hope that for us uh, living here, there is some sort of relief on the horizon and the Democrats have got a slap in the face, at least on crime. You know, people have come down hard on Lee for the abortion. I think it's ridiculous. And I had a huge fight on the air with Lydia just a couple of days ago. But they look (laughs) back at that race. It's always great being a Monday morning quarterback, you know. And uh, they think he missed the boat, and he didn't, because the truth is he made it very, very clear. While he's pro-life, he's not going to change anything. He didn't have the power to change anything, and Roe versus Wade, all that, nothing was going to change if, in fact, he won. So I'm not sure exactly what people wanted from Lee Zeldin on the abortion issue, but that is not why he lost that race, not even close. Well, yeah, I mean, what was he meant to say? Was he meant to lie and say that that he's pro-abortion suddenly? No, he was really out front and unequivocal about it. He said, it's not part of my platform. I'm not interested in it. And anyway, I can't do anything about it because New York has instituted the most radical abortion laws in the country. I mean, it's abortion up until birth. What more do they want? It's not going to be changed. It can't be changed. All the Supreme Court decision did was 
put the decision back to the states and New York's made up its mind. Right. Whether you like it or not, it is here to stay and Lee Zeldin wasn't going to change it. You know, it's just dishonest uh, Democrat lies. Well, let's talk and about the rest of the country, though. Right, but let's talk about the rest yeah. of the country because the truth is we thought we were going to take back the Senate, and we didn't. They retained the Senate. We thought we'd get many more House seats than we actually did. We lost all the big gubernatorial races. Zeldin lost. Tudor lost. Carrie Lake lost, I guess. So you look at the, the country, and despite Dick Morris's contention, it was not a good day for Republicans, and something abortion was the issue there. Once again, I don't. What do you think about that contention? Look, certainly abortion did play a factor. You can see that, um, particularly from um, the women's vote. You know, un- unmarried women were overwhelmingly against the Republicans. Um, But that was really because they bought the scare campaign. And I think if there's a criticism I would make of Republicans is that they didn't push back on that. They didn't, uh, you know, do what Lee Zeldin did and just make it crystal clear what the the Dobbs decision in the Supreme Court meant. And also to put the the onus back on the on the Democrats because it's really Democrats are the ones out of touch with the American public. All polls show that Americans are, you know, comfortable with early abortion, but not comfortable with abortion up until the minute of birth and, uh, you know, even post-birth abortion, which is actually infanticide. <laughs> right. Um, you know, this is what the Democrats are doing, and they're pretending. But it's the Republicans who are extremists. It's really them. So I think that the problem has been uh, that the Republican leadership really hasn't formulated a really ironclad way of dealing with this issue. Well, it's funny. You say Republican leadership, okay, and the Democrats are lost. They're evil. There's a lot of adjectives to describe them. But there is. They're in unison. You know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, senators, you name it. This Republican Party is so splintered, and your column today really speaks to that. Because whether you're talking about McCarthy or McConnell, they don't even like each other. And now Trump is in the mix, and half those guys don't like Trump, and he doesn't like half of those guys. It just seems like our party, or my party, the Republican Party, is really going through a very vicious splinter right now. Yes, it, it is. And I mean, that's what losses do, I guess. But uh, or disappointments, really. I mean, they did still win. You know, a win is a win. But um, this is something that Donald Trump used to complain about. He said, whatever you say about the Democrats, they stick together. And, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi has papered over um, whatever you say about her. And she's papered over the, the really deep fractures in the Democratic Party. I mean, they really have a civil war going on under the surface. Uh, between the squad, AOC, the really far-left progressives, and uh, the sort of original, whatever you call them, moderate Democrats. But the reason, the the way they've done that is by the whole party lurching left. Um, So Donald Trump said that the Republicans never stick together, and we're seeing that at the moment. But uh, let's hope that they can get their differences out of the way quickly and then gel around one leader you know, in the House, one leader in the Senate, uh, a proper RNC chair who is has fresh ideas. And also, when it comes time, um, I'm sure they will coalesce around, um, you know, a presidential candidate, whoever that is. 
But I will say that um, Michelle Obama, I don't know if you've noticed this, but she's out and about at the moment promoting a new book. Yes. She's certainly looking like she's running for something. Oh, and boy. that's certainly the hopes that you're seeing online from various Democrats. Um, she's looking pretty formidable. And I've got to say, if the Democrats decide that she is going to be their candidate for 2024, that changes everything on oh my the Republican side. Changes it. I'll tell you she, right now, she, she, will, she will automatically, yeah. the overwhelming favorite, the overwhelming favorite. And I don't want to hear, yeah. well, that's until they start talking to her and, you know, she has to defend no. her stance on white people and blah, blah, blah. She will become, whether it's Trump, DeSantis, it doesn't matter. As a Republican, I am scared to death that she's going to run. Absolutely. She's Teflon coated. Uh, she's she's well loved. Uh, she has, you know, this Oprah like aura around her. And uh, I mean, I think she'd be incredibly hard to beat. The, the Republicans will really have to think hard about who their candidate is if she is there. And I frankly don't think that Donald Trump could do it. No. Not against Michelle no, Obama. No, no, me either. Uh, so right now, better. I know this is hard to predict. You haven't talked to her. But in your mind, better than 50-50 chance, Marina Devine, that you think Michelle Obama runs? Well, I would put it at 50-50 at the moment. Okay. But, I mean, it's a pretty suspicious timing, isn't it? Right now, she's put out a book. So has Mike Pence. You know, this is when presidential candidates uh, who have that in mind, this is when they start going on the road and start burnishing their image. She's been out of the limelight for a long time. The fact that she's chosen now to come out in public, the fact that she's, you know, her book tour, she has Ellen DeGeneres with her. It is a glitzy operation. She looks like she's been coached by Oprah to speak. Um, she's saying some very appealing things uh, to the Democrat base. And also she's posing as a sort of a bipartisan person who's reasonable and so on. I mean, look. Republicans can remind everybody about how she said that the only time she was ever proud of America was when her husband became president. Um, but I don't think that'll be enough. No, I, I just think she yeah. has a good shtick going. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's wrap it up in the last 60 seconds with Trump. I've been saying for two days I thought he was great. I thought he was measured. They're calling it low energy because they hate him. It doesn't matter. But Bill O'Reilly was just on. He said, let me tell you something. It was great for 20 minutes. Then he spent the next 40 minutes repeating himself, wandering, meandering. Great for 20 minutes, not the rest. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't see wandering and meandering, but I did see low energy. And I, look, the, uh, the, my main criticism of it was that I think it was negative. It was a little bit too much in the past. I looked at um, the, the footage of... Donald Trump the first time that he get made his bid for president. And he was much jauntier, much more optimistic, much more sunny, make America great again. That was what was the pitch that really inspired people. So I think less negativity, more positivity. Uh, that's more his style. He's an optimistic, sunny sort of guy. He seemed a bit angry and upset, I have to oh, say. How about that? So it is clear, and I don't put words in your mouth, Miranda, that you are a Ron DeSantis fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how 
you'd get that from what I said, but yes, I am. I think he's <laughs> terrific. Uh, I mean, he has the runs on the board and, uh, you know, he's young and energetic and he's tough against the woke, but honestly, we haven't seen enough of him. So I'm, I'll, I'll reserve my judgment and see how uh, the primaries bear out. I mean, it's a long time from now and there's going to be a recession and who knows who the Republicans are going to throw up. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Glenn Youngkin. I think he's bland and boring. But um, he he had an amazing win in Virginia. Yep. And he does have that kind of cross-partisan appeal, I suppose, which I don't really love. But maybe it'll get those independents uh, over the line. So uh, I think there's a long time to make a decision and it'll depend a lot on who the Democrats throw up. And one thing for sure, we know it's not going to be Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> no chance of that. Very exciting two years about to come your way and who better to spend it with when Sid Rosenberg on WABC and Miranda Devine in the New York Post. <laughs> you are the absolute best. I really do love you. Thank you for this great conversation. You too, Sid. Thank you. All right. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. There she is, the best columnist in the country. New York Post, Miranda Devine. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.